Hey, podcast listeners. Frank Deniman joined us at VMworld 2016 to talk about his transition from VMware out to a startup as an evangelist and then back again to VMware. We're really excited to hear more from him. Excuse the audio. It's a little choppy, but it's well worth a listen. Now to the show. On live on V Brown Bag here at VMworld 2016 in Las Vegas. My name's John Troyer. And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matt Brender. And today, uh, like I said, we're here live at uh, VMworld. I almost laughed because I'm on two or three different shows uh, here at the show. And you so almost I, forgot where you were, didn't you? I almost gave the wrong, uh, <laughs> the wrong, the wrong name for what we're doing. Hey, we're really pleased today uh, to have with us a very special guest uh, and friend of the show, Frank Deniman. Frank, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. I welcome. Uh, wow, I'm happy to be back. <laughs> it's uh, day three of the show. We've, we're all a little uh, worn around the edges. Yeah, burned. Okay. Burned like crazy. Well, well, for the the one person who may not know who you are, can you tell us who you are besides the Frank Tenneman part okay. and uh, what you do? I need to work on my new intro. Right? I see. Uh, all right. Good all right. Well, what's your What's your current title and new role? Uh, my current title is Senior Staff Architect within VMware R&D. Okay. And I cannot say what I'm going to do. Okay, that's, that's great. That's that just makes it more interesting yeah, and you yeah, know yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it makes and us want to ask more questions. The news hook is that uh, as of, you know, a few days ago, it's uh, August something. It's the end of August. It's 31st. September 1st. 31st. Uh, here at here 2016, Frank, you, you just joined rejoined VMware. Yeah. Now, uh, and so that's kind of the news hook, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about career transitions, career roles, you know, what the heck is this office of the CTO and spokesperson, and, what, you know, what are all these roles, and kind of what is your job as a, somebody that goes out and represents a company. Yeah. So those are some of the topics. So um, now your previous role, what was your title there? Okay, so I had a couple, right? Okay. So let let. Let's get back at my old role at VMware. Okay, so right? yeah, you were at VMware. Yeah. Uh, for Take many us back. Years. The yeah. way back Take machine. Take us back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 In a cloud far, far away. Okay. No. Um, so I was working at the technical marketing team at VMware, uh, responsible for DRS and vMotion so, and a little bit HA. And then I transitioned to a company called Punix Data, where I became the evangelist for that, that was, company. And that was kind of your title? Right? Yeah, the for the first was. year, basically, of 16, 18 months. From that on, I transitioned into a chief technologist role, but still carrying the word, still being the face of the company, all that, all that stuff. And I left three months ago or something like that, and since yesterday, I rejoined VMware. So, yeah, we're all very happy for you. I mean, Frank, I definitely followed your work at VMware and saw you go into Pernix uh, Data, and just you have a huge following of people because we follow you for advice on where the technology is going. So it's very interesting you're coming back to VMware, and I, I think the gap is also telling that you took some time to think about what the right moves were and yeah. where you wanted to go next. Yeah. So, John, I don't know where you wanted to dig in from there, but well, I thought maybe we would talk about different roles and titles. Maybe that's an interesting place to start because you've had a couple different ones, yeah. and they, in theory, uh, different titles have different implications and roles. Yeah. And, and question there, did the titles come to you, or did you create the titles? So, the first <laughs> title came to me. The second title, I, I fought for. Okay, so you, Evangelist was the title that you inherited, and yes. then you fought for... Chief Technologist title. Okay. Yeah, because... Um, 
actually, I think that's my opinion. Evangelist is something that you should receive instead of take, because being an evangelist is all about that people want to listen to you, and people perceive you to be some sort of truth or the way to lead towards a certain thing. Right? You cannot be a self-proclaimed. Uh, evangelist. Yeah. Yeah, right. You can. It's, it's like can, calling yourself a thought leader right, or, or an uh, expert, yeah, even. Yeah. Like an expert, it's yeah. almost better to be called that than to call yourself that. Yeah, I, that's my opinion as well. And if you already have that, then you can look for a different title and a different role and still do all the things that you can do as an evangelist because it's not being taken away quite quite as fast as you move to a different title. So the moment you basically drop off uh, uh, off of the face of the earth, yeah, of course, right? But that will take some time as well, mm -hmm. right? So so what kind of work were you doing as an evangelist that, um, like, let's just start there. Well, I, I wanted to make sure that people understood the product the way I saw it, um, more like an architectural play than a than a, a product or a solution, right? It's a completely different way of architecting your data center, and it has to do with all these technologies. Yada yada. yada. So, and I just want to jump in on one thing you said there of your point of view on it. I think that's kind of an important thing about an evangelist title because it is it's almost like a translation role. Um, from what you're describing, yeah. meaning, and and that you yourself, you know, the individual Frank puts your thoughts into it. That that's important too. That it's not just repeating words that somebody gives to you. No, no. You need to understand your audience, of course. Mm -hmm. And there are multiple audiences, uh, many different levels. Sometimes you talk to an administrator. Sometimes you talk to a partner, a somebody who wants to create a partner program. Sometimes you talk to CIO, CTO, whatever. Right. So. They all talk, they all speak different languages. And you have to figure out what is the problem you're trying to solve and how can I explain that to you so it makes sense to use this product. But to be an evangelist is more than just talking about your product, it's the overall ecosystem. How will, will it fit in your ecosystem? Are you staying in this ecosystem? Are you migra migrating to another ecosystem? You have to think about that as well. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just a, a single-sided uh, uh, You're track. a puppet at that right? point. Yeah. And it's difficult, and we've heard this over and over again from uh, interviewing people that have taken an evangelist role, that the challenge is that the expectations between the organization and the individual aren't always clear. So people might think that an evangelist is just a PR figurehead that has more credibility than the individual PR agency. But I, I think if there's any note to take away from for vendors and for individuals alike is to really reinforce that if you're doing anything related to evangelism, to ensure that you're still allowed to keep your voice. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it made me think about the difference between that and a spokesperson, because as I was just sort of processing, right. you know, somebody who just repeats words or, you yeah. know, the George right. Foreman grill approach in some ways, right? <laughs> right. You're and just a celebrity selling grills. And we did have that discussion with uh, with uh, Vaughn Stewart, uh, several, you know, many episodes ago. Yeah. And he had a role of chief evangelist, and he found it super limiting because all of a sudden you're speaking for the company, you're not speaking for yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you find that sort of uh, tension in your evangelist title? Yeah, so that was one of the things that I actually negotiated when I started at Pernix, because one of the things I said, I said, I'm going from a, from a company that has a gazillion products or a gazillion features, and I'm now moving to a startup 
that's not that it doesn't even have the product released yet <laughs> right so how can i evangelize things that are not Don't there exist. right well this is cool new stuff that we're going to do and stay now, tuned frank, frank now i have an hour dance. yeah <laughs> right so one of the things that i said i'm like okay i i am i can move lateral but in within vmware uh but there's going to be like at least one year or at least 18 months of talking about one single product. Mm -hmm. People tune out really easy, <laughs> easily when you talk about one thing Thank for God. that long. Especially so, if you're the only one, if you made it. Like the idea yeah. of you endorsing Sales your own speech, product. Right? Is yeah. unless, unless it's bacon. Apparently you yeah. talk about that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. That's yeah. an exception, not a rule, Amy. You're killing so, me. So that's the other thing, right? When you come from VMware, because it's the overall thing where everybody builds their products on, the moment you go to a third-party vendor, people always perceive it as some form of sales pitch. Mm. No matter how much you want, want willing them to, mm. to learn stuff, the thing is, where's the angle? Because he works for that company, they want to sell something, so where's the sales pitch? No, no, no I'm just here to inform, because I did many keynotes that were not related to the product because I wanted to explain that there's so much more in the ecosystem, there's so much more to do with the architecture than only our products, right? So the thing that I negotiated was I want to talk whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> so they agreed on it and that helped me to stay relevant, I believe, for the last three and a half years. Did you have any sort of metrics, or how were you going to tell if you had succeeded? John, did I just get you to ask metric questions? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, did. I think I've truly infiltrated 20. this podcast. He passed a 20 <laughs> back here to John. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, okay, the, answer so is, the answer is it's a startup, and they probably didn't, but I'm curious. <laughs> So metrics. There's Twitter followers of Frank. How would how would you, how would the team know if you had succeeded or not? Oh yeah, we had metrics for that. Yeah. So my own metrics was of course the the response on social media, like the hits on your blog and and the LinkedIn uh, and the, the retweets and all that stuff. So the metrics uh, internally was basically how much registration I I generated for an event. Okay. Mm. Right, and that basically gets in, uh, trans transitioned into the pipeline and basically forecasting and all that stuff. So I actually had a number behind my name, what I created as revenue. So Now, I think if people are not familiar with your work or, or you know maybe how this side of the sector, technology sector works, it sounds to me like you weren't just driving to webinars, though, because some people would hear that and be like, oh, okay, he was driving people. That's all he was doing was he was talking about webinars all the time, and then he got measured on, on how many people signed up. But it sounds you were talking about a lot of things, and yeah. occasionally you would say, oh, and if you're interested, here's a... Here's a thing. Here's a thing you could sign up for. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the way it worked. Yeah. It's so, brilliant. It's top of the funnel kind of work that yeah. it, it relates to content marketing, but lets you do your technical side of the hat. So it fits in. And despite your like how many startups don't go and overly focus on the metrics, that they do care a lot about revenue, as you're as you know well, John. Well, you know, if you, I mean, it's great if you're just talking about stuff that you know, hey, this is interesting, or hey, there's an article or whatever. But you know, it's not bad. It's not. Don't be afraid to ask people to do something to, to you know yeah. sign up for something or to, to download something or whatever don't be I mean that's yeah. kind of everybody knows why we're, we're they're interested they're interested so they should yeah so I work with a brilliant guy Jeff Aaron the VP of marketing 
and he he really got social media and he really he really understood the community because that's not a challenge for a lot of startups they they figure out that hey there's a community but they don't know how tight-knit this community is yeah right and so he understood that and so we brainstormed on a lot of things and one of the things that we actually built was the vSphere pocket... Uh, uh, the pocket uh, guide, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The tweet size and then the blog size and all that stuff. And so our, our focus was how to create value for the community. It's not about... Yeah, the books didn't really talk about your product. Not, it, was not, about, it was about vSphere. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was, I, so the thing that we thought about was how to create a platform for people who don't have a platform for their own. So mm -hmm. most people blog, but there are so many blogs, it's really difficult to find all, right? And Google doesn't right. really do a great doesn't job in that one. Best, yeah. So um, pay attention, Google. So, um, <laughs> there are subscribers. Eyes yes. on you. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, is let's create some sort of platform where people are getting somehow published with their names, with their blog address, mm -hmm. and help them, right? So it was, a, it was a, a great investment because the first one we did with two other guys, but the, the last one we did with eight people to actually get that thing sorted. And uh, So that's a lot of investment from a startup mm. because every hour from a person inside a startup is expensive. Right? Right. Well, since we're talking about message and how you manage kind of your, your role and what you say, so there, you, there is, we've talked, to, we've kind of at least referred to a distinction between the company and yourself. But how do you personally um, retain your, your credibility as you, both as you move from companies or maybe if something went, you know, you're not the company, so, and you're not the product. And what you no, know, some the, people think so. And if the yeah. product, <laughs> like, what happens when the company makes a mistake or when the product has a bug? Like, how much does that reflect oh. on you, or how much is that yeah. uh, separate from you? You have the good times and the bad times, <laughs> right? And the bad times, you—that is a thing. So a lot of people approach me and they say, "I want to get, I want to go work for a startup," which I say, "Cool, do it," because it's an extremely good exercise and, and it, you will learn a lot more than you will know today. Yeah, I, I often tell people if you do a startup, whether it ends well or poorly or however long it is, you could write a book. Because yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so many uh, things happen. Yeah, I can write books. <laughs> multiple on that one. But the thing is, so the first advice I always give is do you believe in that product? Mm. Truly believe in that product. Because if you don't believe in that product, walk away immediately. Because I really, really believed in the product that we were building, and I still believe in it. And it still annoys the hell out of me when people say, say stuff about it. Hey, I left like three months ago, but I still truly, truly believe in that, in that stuff. And that makes such a difference, too, when we're talking about how does credibility go with you, because none of that was faked, so it's easy to stay on message, if you will, through your life, through your career, because you're not changing wildly what you thought yeah. then versus now. The paycheck didn't change your... Yeah perspective yeah. as a technologist. And that comes back to why I became a chief technologist, but I will address it later. So one of the things that I, that I, uh, that, uh, that I focus on was um, truly believe in the product because when the bad times come, and they will come, and it depends how big the gorilla is, and we had major gorillas on yeah. our back, multiple. Um, then you need to stand in front of a lot of angry people or uh, 
disappointed people and and still maintain uh, and keep their faith in the product and still say okay we're going to fix this and we're going to get better from this right this is an opportunity to get better right in chaos there's always this this opportunity right so um, that's the reason why you really really need to believe in that in that uh, in that product that you're going to sell mm-hmm. right because it's you on the line yeah. they're going to ask you what the hell, what the hell Frank? Why'd you, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? But that was basically it? the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Why did you break it? My entire, the entire data center. Yeah. Thanks, Frank. Well, <laughs> I didn't do it, right? So, yeah, you have to keep. How important is the the bed of relationships that you created? How imp- when something does go wrong and yeah. you're trying to explain what what happened? Yeah. How important is the uh, the previous relationships that you have created in diffusing that situation? That's a lot, a lot, right? You need to count on that one, but you also need to make sure that you keep your word, no mm-hmm. matter what, right? Mm-hmm. And if that means staying up late, calling all night, and addressing everybody in the company that we need to fix this, make sure that this problem is fixed in no time. That helps, and if they see that you're really concerned about the product and you're doing everything in your power to actually uh, do uh, to actually solve it, you maintain your credibility. And that's really oh, wow! We all just got really excited. Trigger uh, word. No, I just I can't help but see the the pivot in the day to day job at that point because on a good day you're kind of top of the funnel, rah rah rah, marketing yeah. and awesome technology. On a bad day, you're like first line of support for product management and engineering, and you have to be in the freaking trench is explaining it to people yeah. and why this is valuable and drive it from like a, a product management point of view. Yeah. Um, that's that's challenging. <laughs> and another one, you are going to be HR as well because at one point you're figuring out, hey, we're lacking these skill sets in a company. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. We need oh, to have wow. this for yeah. that and that reason. And so, like, with Burdix, we got this rock star guy, Guido, who basically, I don't know when he slept, like maybe 2013 <laughs> for the last time, but not that the product was shit, but, but when you have so many customers, you always yeah. hit something yeah, with yeah. so many different types of hardware, with oh, so yeah. many different types of things. Guaranteed. Yeah. So you need you need to understand that we're lacking these skill sets. We need to focus on that. We need to focus on that. So you're... You, it's a cliche with the many hats, but you learn so much. You learn to understand mm-hmm. those type of things as well. Which jumps to the next point I was thinking about, which is I think a lot of people come into an evangelist role, and I'm unapologetically, I question the title evangelist. I'm on record as that. Okay. I'm going to continue to do so. But we know. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Metrics boy. Uh, and, uh, I think it, it, there's a question about what the growth path is, which I know we'll talk about too. Like, where do you go from being an evangelist? And the other thing I think people get lured into this idea that you go around the world, you talk to people, you don't have these problems, you don't carry a quota. It's like dream job with no problems. And I kind of appreciate the 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 reality of it. It can be a very rewarding, the work we're talking about can be rewarding. I question the title, um, yeah. but the work itself can be rewarding, but it's not easy street. It's not, hey, I'm a sales guy without a quota. I just talk to people now. Yeah, you don't have a quota, but when they make, when they make millions, you don't see anything of it as well. So that's not that's your that's a harsh reality as well, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Absolutely. I did all the work, I I sold it basically, but he's getting the check. Right. Need to fa- that's the truth, right? Right. The right. marketing versus sales, yeah. and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, 
I think. And that it's harder than I think people think it looks. In all seriousness, I think a lot of people, we, we've talked to a lot of people who get excited about that concept because evangelists who do it well, you do make it look easy. It looks right? fluffy and fun. Oh my God. Well, who doesn't want to have fun like Frank has yeah. fun? They don't see you, you know, calling everybody and like, fix this. No. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it, there are moments of fun, sure, right? Yep. Um, but there's a lot of things, like I said, like we already discussed, you need to stay relevant. And you don't, you need to be more than a single thing that you do. So, so people ask you, can you come to this region? Can you come to that region? Can you do this marketing campaign? VMARCs uh, basically uh, ask, can you go to wherever? Yeah, you would have right? keynoted around the world if you accepted everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I can tell you a story about where I basically woke up in the middle of, uh, or in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm not at home. I'm in a hotel room. Let's whip out Google Maps to figure out where I am. Oh my God, you GPS located yourself? Yes. Yeah, because I couldn't figure out anymore where, where I was. So that's the nasty side. That's the nasty side of things, right? So, but um, because everybody wants your time, for the sake of the company, because we're paying you, yeah. you can fill your whole day for your company. But the reality is, to actually be successful, people want to see you as more than the company. Yeah. So you have to try to con continue your skill set and grow your skill set to become relevant, to understand people, what they're uh, looking for, but also where they're going to. Right, so at one point, at one point, AWS appeared. Like, and everybody's talking about AWS. So we need to figure out, okay, so what has that to do with us, and how will it affect us? And so you need to learn that as well. Same with Azure and all that type of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this whole company. All these people wanted to to take every little minute of the day for, for, from you, but then you have to be relevant to actually do your job. So which really takes time, in the lab. which takes time, yeah. right? So do research and cue the insane home lab, right? So yeah. Well, is this a good time to talk transition of titles or? Sure. Unless we want to, do we want to dive into home labs a little bit? Yeah. No, no. But, but so the home lab is just basically the way to actually. Right. One one other, one little thing that I want to say about home labs it's the way to make sure your career is is advancing. Right. Really. You, so you have to keep the side projects yeah. going. Yeah. I, I always find a motivational gap sometimes with me in a home lab. Like, I'll spin something up, and then I'll be like, okay, so I've got vSphere, but I don't have any reason to have vSphere. Okay. Um, so what do you do to span that gap and actually go build something that makes you want to support it and actually use it day to day? Yeah, so one of the things, and that's actually an interesting one. I still wanted to write an article about it, so maybe we can talk about it right now. <laughs> it's a cool thing. So one of the, the, podcast, one of the thing so. about motivation of keeping up your home lab is actually sharing your home lab with somebody else. Interesting. Oh. Like as so, a service? So Niels and I are writing a book, almost, Home Lab as a Service, right? <laughs> so, as a service. Your Home Lab partnership. Yes. So Niels, Hagort, and I are, are writing a book about uh, host resources, the deep dive, basically the, the prelude to vSphere clustering deep dive. And so I've got this insane home lab. I'm like, dude, you do your stuff on it. I do my stuff on it. So That's he dialed in. Idea. So we set up. We set everything <laughs> up. And he said, this is missing, and this is missing, and this is crap, and this is crap, and this is... Like, no, oh, man, maybe I need to professionalize this, this system a little bit more, right? I feel like maybe I need to have less Dutch friends. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> Too yeah. direct. The bluntness, Too direct the bluntness is, uh, is there, right? So, no, it's keeping, it's maintaining focus. Yes. <laughs> That's something different. So... Strudel waffle. Um, 
but because of that, you start to think about how to how to make this thing really work and how to make this professional. So you that learn that's a learning experience as well, that's right? And think about it and making it more professional. Well, and Matt, there's the whole thing of the book, right? They're 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 fo- they're doing yeah, it writing the book helps. Yeah, writing the book helps a little. <laughs> right, you put a deadline, you put a finish line, you put a thing that you have to go to, and you've made uh, each other accountable to each yeah. other. It's kind of that, that's a genius yeah. idea to. Yeah, I think the accountability buddy really helps, but also I, I love the service model of it. I, I had a lot of fun with some VMware community friends by uh, jumping in their home lab and and hacking around and. It's nice to know that we do, they, do that. Do they know you're doing that, or is it a surprise visit? Security, security. Amendment. <laughs> so, before we jump into career path, one more thing about the evangelism thing. I mean, we've kind of touched on it. How much of your the way that you crafted your role was uh, speaking, and how much was creating content, whether that was for the company or for you know your own personal practice? And can you also throw in there sales support, like the percentage of which time you're spending on sales? Yeah. So what I did, I did three major things, uh, creating collateral, um, speaking, and then touring with with sales teams. Okay. So what we did was the sales team, um, they set up like a few different meetings within their region. And then they have to basically get everything in shape. I just fly in, and they need, to, and I they basically drag me through a region, <laughs> um, literally drag me through a region. <laughs> so uh, I did that every quarter. So I picked a particular region that I believed, or we believed as sales team, that this is important for us to generate revenue or to enhance the the, the region. So I basically, did a tour. And, and I, I think that's important to point out, too, that this was part of a um, the marketing maybe more planned than people perceive, like that relationship between sales and marketing, that yeah. you need to have a, a kind of organized plan to be able to execute, because yeah. otherwise... You, you just wake up every morning and go, oh, right. what am I going to do today? Right. Or this sounds yeah. fun. It's like you need it to scale, and it's a yeah. way of, um, if you've got somebody in that lead role, you have to figure out how to build infrastructure around your, your lead singer, basically. Yeah. yeah. So with that tour, basically the SE of the of the that team understood the way I pitched, understood the way I perceived their problems and I how we helped them. So he could basically take that that idea and take the, the, that message and do that and repeat that in his region, mm-hmm. right? So it was also educating the the, 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 the the technical team on how to pitch this correctly, Great. right? So then with Colero and then speaking, the speaking was basically which VMUG invited me and whether or not it was interesting for our region, right? Because there's all, always have to be benefit. You can fly wherever you want, but the thing is, if you don't have a regional sales team, why are you flying there? Like that. So it was always connected back to the business. Always. Yeah. And you learn the business lingo really, really fast, <laughs> right? Share some buzzwords with us. No. Can you give us our favorites? No, I still wake Come up on. in the middle Come of on, the just night. Just put them into some no. buckets. No, no, uh, no, so no. So that we don't we're, try to we'll boil the ocean. <laughs> well, let's uh, double click on that. And, um, <laughs> well, so, played. well played. So let's maybe go over to career path a little bit. You know, actually, I don't remember where you were before VMware. Uh, were you working as a consultant or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Independent consultant. Independent for consultant. Years. Yeah. yeah. So how? Is that like unemployed? No, no, that's super busy. <laughs> The, uh, I, I, I three geek whispers entered two left. I'm glad we're in person. <laughs> uh, consulting is a noble profession. Um, 
So, I mean, how do you, uh, I'm kind of curious, I mean, VMware is kind of the mothership, so when one gets an opportunity, often, especially at, you know, five or ten years ago, when one got an opportunity to join, one joined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you, you knew you were getting on a rocket ship, but I don't yeah. know. How do you, or, and, and, you know, you, ha you have a lot of connections in the community, how would, you know, and you, so you've talked with people about their career paths and mm -hmm. how to pick a job, and you chose then to go over to a startup, uh, and now you've chose, you know, now you're back at the bigger company. I mean, how do you choose a, a challenging role? How do you find it? How do you, how do you, how did you know that this was right for you to, like, say, to make the move to Pernix? Yeah, so what Matt already said, three months thinking about what you want, and I, I, I did that, and one of the things that I looked at was what makes you really happy, happy. To, oh, nice. to, to do, right? And that was architecture. That was hardware, that was basically uh. interaction, correlation, all that stuff. And so I thought, okay, this is this is where I make this is what makes me happy. Because I wrote the Numa Deep Dive during my time off. And most people, friends of mine basically said, dude, you're nuts, right? You have time <laughs> off. But don't they usually say that? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go enjoy yourself travel the world. No, I've been on a plane a couple of times, so I've done that. Do stuff you like. And I'm like, but this is the stuff I like. Yeah, right? exactly. Talk CPU, baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, no, so, and I will say, you're a really good technical explainer about thanks. like deep computer science things, Just this normal architecture and stuff, which most people would not dig into. So that is one of your superpowers. I will confirm okay. that. Okay, yeah. thanks. Good yeah. to hear. So that's what jazzed you up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So then it was basically, okay, how can I keep on doing this, right? And what I learned from being a startup is you're a single-sided company for a long time. You go from one product to maybe two or maybe three, and so you expand yep. the things you talk to. But I thought, no, 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 not a, that, that, that's not going to happen for a couple of years. But what I want to do is want to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Like, uh, mm -hmm. pick, I want to pick whatever I can. And VMware was obviously the, the, the thing. I knew a lot of people at VMware. When we started talking, they offered me, they literally did an offer I couldn't refuse, right? And uh, the thing I'm going to work on. And yeah, that made it easy. There were other companies which were really interesting, but it didn't fit my passion profile 100%. So the passion profile was really the number one thing you're looking at right now. And 100%. you notice, like, with free time, you go right to explaining architecture to people. Yeah. Will you have that element of public explaining of what you're working on? Because you're hush-hush about the product. Yes. Will you be able to continue to give back in that technical way that you do? Yeah, I think that's expected for me once we are announcing it. So yeah. uh, once we announce some of the stuff, I, I will be the lead on that one. So I need to basically explain the world why you should be doing this. So that's going to be a challenge to actually channel that, that enthusiasm as well, right? Because every VMUG will basically start knocking on the door again. Not, it's not it's really difficult to do that because I have a design role as well, right? Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that the, the thing is going to be the thing that people need, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's one of my roles to become the, the architect of the, of, 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 of the solution. And that's the reason why I went from evangelist to chief technologist. Oh, yeah, within, we didn't actually talk yeah, about that, yeah. Within Phoenix, because once you're the person that people perceive you as the company and you're so passionate about it and you think 
this is the best thing since sliced bread, you want to keep it that way. Right. So the moment you see an R&D, uh, R&D company go one direction or another direction, you want to basically say, oh, no, this is what customers need. This is what we want. This is the way to go forward. And you can only do that if you have a role of meaning in that particular organization. So some of your role then was inward. When you were then chief technologist, chief technologist some, of, some of your role then became inward facing. Yes. And, and product yeah. facing. Yeah, two to five years out products. Okay. And still do all the, 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 the evangel. Would it, would it be wrong to say that both of the roles, the evangelist and the chief technologist, in some ways you were the voice of the customer? Yes, you're a bridge between the outside world and the inside world. Yeah. So the R&D world, the, the R&D guys are brilliant. They're, but they are they're cooked inside all day long yeah. and they're not exposed to customers. So they are there with their theoretical problems right. that they want to solve. And then basically you have a starting point, you have a problem. Well, how many people do that, actually do that have uh, do have that problem, right? Mm. And right, will right. that problem actually persist within two to five years? Will it be some? Uh, will another solution uh, show up or whatever? So you need to understand those things. And so you have to explain the R and D guys that yep. this problem is actually not a problem; it's a corner case, right? Or you and that's so you have to talk to customers you know uh, you know how to talk to customers you also need to understand how to talk to engineers and that's the bit side right and that's the interesting side now the thing is although you want to do this it's not always the they don't give you the opportunity right because you're an engineer you're an engineer you're a marketing sales guy you're a marketing sales guy Right, you, you cannot be a Olympic swimmer yeah. and play on the on the basketball team as well, right? right. Well, maybe, but not many. <laughs> not everybody's right. Bo Jackson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? Michael Jordan proved this pretty hard. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So that's the thing. So you fight, and that's the reason why I said I fought for this job. Yeah. You fight perception. Right. Mm. Right. And so, the title in, internally is something is important, right? Because it yeah, bestows legitimacy. You're you're first an engineer, uh, without a doubt, and you just second, uh, you provide things that are incredible content that marketers want to take advantage of and salespeople want to take advantage of. So it sounds like you you can't say no to those, and you also don't totally want to. But primarily, you want to be in the engineering side and being that customer voice that is purely like product management plus some some sprinkled some engineering on top. Yeah. So I want to I want to back up a little bit okay. because you you just said you know and then I decided this is the thing that made me happiest and we all nodded our heads but I want to dig into your process a little bit because we all get stuck right and trying to figure out that this is the thing that makes me the happiest and this is what I want to pursue and this is where my passion is um, how did how did you do that like what was some of your process um, you know I'm going to sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goody. I just stood, I, I literally stood in the middle of the room. I woke up one morning, I stood in the middle of the room. I'm like, okay, you can do whatever you want. Decide. Just decide now. And, and I, walked, I walked to my, my, my desk and I started to, to, to figure out how particular caching protocols worked inside an NAS. Okay, apparently this is it. I could have called KLM <laughs> and basically... Uh, uh, say I'm going to Rio or whatever, right? Yeah. No, I walked to my desk and I sat down. I'm like, I, I chose. So, and then basically you see that 
at one point, hey, it's night. Oh, fuck. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's Dutch. Excuse me? <laughs> it's a Dutch word. It's a Dutch word. Dutch word for end of sentence. Yeah. So that that helped me a lot. It's oh, it's great. You gave yourself like this this moment of like feeling completely free from all burdens. Yeah. Like you weren't stressed about the job necessarily. You yeah. weren't stressed about what you had to do later that day. You weren't stressed with groceries. You just said, "What do I want to do?" And yeah. Yeah. gave yourself yeah. the space to think about it. That's pretty bold. Yeah. And what about like, do you tap into? You've got you know the the partnership in the lab. Do you tap into community? Do you tap into friends? Do you read? I happen to know. I'm 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 cheating a little with this question because I know yeah. you read a lot of books. Yeah. Um, like, what are some of the other ways that you think think these big thoughts and kind of get outside. We all get stuck in our own bubble, you know? Yeah. We only think we can do what we've done before, what we've seen somebody else do. How do yeah. you kind of think bigger thoughts? Good, good friends. That's it. Because, and friends that know what you're doing, you have to have friends that are completely outside of your world, do mm. completely different things, and you have to have friends that understand what what you think about. And that helps a lot. Books help a lot because it changes your perception uh, quite a lot. Um, and doing stuff that is totally not relevant to what you're what you're doing, because that gives you insight into things and how to do it differently. Right? One of the be best examples is how did they create the first aircraft carrier? There wasn't a book how to create aircraft carriers, <laughs> and it wasn't basically a thing that, that, that helped them explain how to create an aircraft carrier. So what they did was they looked at the best practices of all these 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 these, these elements, right, for uh, carpeting and, 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 and metallurgy, and they looked at it and they combined it all, and that created the first aircraft carrier, basically. Long story short. But, um, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's great because you're saying, like, look at adjacencies of yeah. things related to what you want to pursue yeah. and start synthesizing them and, and yes. realize that those, while those are undiscovered, like where you're going is undiscovered, you can learn quite a lot from a huge base of knowledge. We're all yeah. standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. This is your Shall turn. Shall I go for it? Is yeah. it my time? Can I ask uh, my question? I'll, yeah, I think, we can, I think we can go there. Okay. You got something prepared? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. <laughs> you should know this. Have you met me? <laughs> um, all right. So you've had a lot of different job titles. What would you counsel somebody, never, ever take this job title again or do this differently? Oh, it's easy. Evangelist. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't see that. Or what, what, in all seriousness, if you, as you've gone through this transition, what is something you would counsel somebody to do? What's a mistake you made or something you've reflected on that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, as I mentor, do this differently. Take it from me. Align it to the, to, the, to the department or the business unit that you want to be aligned to the most. Mm -hmm. ah. Amen to that. Right? An evangelist is something that nobody can really understand what you're doing. So it's the director you're not a of part influence of me. marketing. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So but this year says marketing in it. Yeah. So it means for most you're not a part of my team. Yeah. Meaning yeah. that why do I need to interact on you when things are tough? Well, now you need to interact with me. So you need to align it more to the the business unit that you that 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 wants that you wants them to understand you, right? That's mm. the advice I can give you because everybody's running towards an evangelist title. So, well, and uh, yeah. one other fun question I want to ask is: uh, I feel like in social media marketing, the big winner is if you can make something go viral. Yeah. 
How much fun is that when you have a tweet no, go viral? No, it's not fun at all. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, Frank sent out a tweet uh, around the Olympics, and uh, and you can tell the rest of the story. I saw a picture and I I, t- I, and I tweeted it with a uh, with a remark, and. Were you Phelps space? Did you, did you cause Phelps space? No, 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 no. Okay. no, no, no. Almost as bad as Phelps space. That would be pretty cool. So there was this this lifeguard sitting with desperate look in her eyes, <laughs> and in front of her was this professional swimmer. <laughs> and he said, if you think you're useless, well, I'll think about her as a lifeguard at the Olympics, right? So, <laughs> so and I actually tweeted it, and I, la- and I really laughed. And then, and I, I was really... As I, we all I, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then I looked at it, and for five minutes, it wasn't picked up. I'm like, oh, it's not as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> so I went to bed, and then the next morning, I got this tweet from Duncan. He said, dude, 2,300 retweets? And then he said something else which I cannot say and then I got a DM from Amy like you're winning the internet right now <laughs> I'm like what and I looked at it and it already was retreated like well, that was the first time when I talked 14,000 yeah that was, was, oh that was so I woke up and, and in the meantime phone is like ding 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 my battery run, ran, ran that. And the thing with Twitter is, when somebody retweets you, you get that notification. Right. A single notification. A single notification. So for every single time, for every, every single like, person. Yes. Every and sometimes like, they, every they compress retweet. it, like 20 people has retweeted. Yeah. But when you are being retweeted 30,000 wow. times and 30, uh, also 30,000 times liked, <laughs> you get like roughly 60,000 notifications. Oh my God. And then so, people start to reply, right? Oh yes, <laughs> and there are. And there are like three. There are like three different people. Like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> okay, like, so cool. And there's like, no, no, it's really necessary because maybe somebody is getting a stroke. And then I'm like, thank you for yeah, explaining. Never thought you, about yeah. that. Yeah. And then it's the stuff. This is the most funniest thing I ever saw. <laughs> so, right, three categories of people. So what was what is the lifespan of an, in a Twitter meme these days? How long? did it last? So I actually thought that it was really short, like a short lived thing. Well, it's the extra, it's, it's the curve of the early adapter, right? Mm-hmm. And that, so it, it goes up and then basically it tailgates forever. <laughs> so, ever, so at one point I deleted the tweet. So, because uh, I'm kind of... Because it would I ruin your, basically it would ruin your Twitter experience my for the next year. timeline? Yeah, for the next six months gone. or whatever, yeah. Because, this is a funny story, because what happens was... I couldn't see anything, any notification of people who I follow. Right, from your friends or, yeah, your, your or people, people who are want to do business with you or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't see that. So there's this there's this, this option that says only notification for people you follow, but you miss out on the people you basically, it's how you are in the same community, but right. Yeah. So I missed out, that out. So at one point I'm like, oh, I'm going to d- delete this stuff. Most people laughed, I'm, I'm good, right? Yeah. So I deleted it. And at the same time, it popped up, hey, your deep dive is, uh, is, is on the front page of Hacker News, which is the ultimate goal for somebody who writes technical stuff, right? So luckily, because I just deleted it, somebody who I didn't follow told me, actually, he was the one who put it on, uh, on, 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 Hacker, on Hacker News. Oh, nice. like, you're on front page Hacker News. So I looked at, so at one point, my, my Twitter handle blew up. And the next day, my blog blew up, <laughs> right? So, like, okay, uh, we're, uh, 
we're getting close now. So <laughs> the funny, the funny, uh, and and those things is uh, yeah interesting. So going viral, funny for the first hour, <laughs> not so funny for, for the rest of the week. I think I'll tell that to my clients next that's time good. they ask that's about good. that. Yeah, you really don't want to go viral. Yeah. That viral. Or you need to have a team. Yeah. yeah. And then basically deal with it. But uh, yeah. Well, Frank, you know, good luck in your journey. It's been really interesting. Thanks. I'm uh, nice to see you back at the at, at VMware. I'm sure you're doing interesting things, both in your, as we've said, in your professional track, and then also you keep your personal practice alive too, right? So that's uh, that's a lot of work. Um, if people want to follow you or contact you on Twitter or yeah. retweet uh, tweet you funny memes, <laughs> uh, where would they do that? Uh, FrankDeneman.nl. That's my blog, and at FrankDeneman is my uh, my Twitter handle. And that's D E N N. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. And I have to Thanks. share one little piece of oh, Geek sure. Whispers lore because for for longtime listeners, um, Frank, you are the reason that we all try to say our names really fast now because uh, Frank was on the last time, <laughs> and he's like, "You're really slow. Like you forgot <laughs> your names are in between." So now, like in this case, we feel like Muppets. We're like Amy, Matt. <laughs> and I just want to let you know, you burned that into our brains, Sorry. and thanks. Sorry. <laughs> I fixed that all in editing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, with that, I think it has been another Geek Whispers. We're here live at VMworld in Las Vegas. It's 2016. We're here in Vegas. I don't. Vegas, I don't like Vegas. Well, but Wait, are we doing color you. commentary now? <laughs> <laughs> but thank, thank you for the V-Brown back. I mean, yeah, this is absolutely. such a treat. We are thank always you, so right thrilled here. to be on this stage. Yeah, live um, Tech Talks, we're here all you know, to here all week. Check them out on vbrownbag.com, uh, both for VMworld. This VMworld, previous previous conferences, really great stuff. Highly recommend it. Uh, this, you're probably listening to this either there or on our uh, the audio version on our website. If you want to check out the video, go over to vbrownbag.com. Did I forget anything? I think that's it. <laughs> Over and out. Thank Thanks you very for much. Thanks All for right. Me. Thanks yeah. very much. You've been listening to The Geek Whispers. Tune in on iTunes or Stitcher for regular stories of technology careers, cultures, and lives. Share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website, geek-whispers.com. Find us on Twitter at geek underscore whispers, Jay Troyer, MJ Brender, and Coms Ninja. Thanks for listening.